Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Repod It podcast presented by Rerouted. Rerouted is an online marketplace where people can buy and sell used outdoor gear. If you have gear to sell, please check out our app, the Rerouted app on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. If you're shopping for gear, check us out online, rerouted.co. That's R-E-R-O-U-T-E-D dot C-O. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on to the Repot It podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Repot It, the rerouted podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brian Schoening, and I'm here with a really special guest today, family friend, author, retired teacher, Karen molinar Terrell. Karen, how are you doing today? We're going to get into how how our families are so intertwined, but first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's just so good to, to finally see your face again, Brian. It's been years. It has been so long. I'm I'm sure I look a, a little bit different, probably a little bit more like my dad, uh, as <laughs> as I've been told uh, most most sharply by children that you know I'm I'm looking like my dad, and they're brutally honest at times. So um, those those are the ones that that cut the deepest, but uh, probably a little little less like uh, you know I I was probably what eleven or twelve the last time that you oh, saw me. Just a youngster, you know, and here you are. You're all grown up. I'm, I'm doing air quotes. I'm an adult now. I'm I'm still in the I'm still in the air quotes adult phase. Um, I can you know. still do that too. I'm yep. an adult. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Karen, we are um, connected by a piece of mountaineering history that um, we're not going to get into all of the details, but give us just a little bit of background on. The Belay are my grandfather and your dad were were climbing partners and and good buddies and went on tons of tons of expeditions together, but kind of most known for the K2 expedition. So chat with us about that for just a sec. Yeah, so um, it was actually in 1953. So it was it was three years before I was born. And that's significant because of what happened. So uh, they were trying to make the first ascent of K2, which is the second highest mountain in the world and considered by most mountain climbers to be the hardest mountain to climb. Um, They were, so there was Pete, there was my dad, there was a a man named Art Gilkey, there was Bob Craig, um, Tony Strether, who was a a British man. Did you ever meet Tony? I'm sure you did. No, I, I think that I did. I, I was I think I was I was very young the the last time that I saw a lot of a lot of these folks, but I, I remember um, meeting a lot of them in, in kind of and the House late nineties there. You probably met House and Bates. They were the ones that organized the whole expedition. And so what this climb is known for isn't that they actually made the ascent, but it's known for their heroic failure. Um, so this was 1953 and mountain climbing was different then, I think. And, um, they'd always known if somebody got sick up there or injured, it would be, it would be near impossible to get them down. Uh, and one of their men got sick. Art Gilkey got, um, a pulmonary edema and they knew they had to get him down or he was going to die. And they were like at 25,000 feet at this point, And it was they knew that they would probably die, from what I understand. They knew they'd probably die trying to get him down, but they were going to do it. They were going to try. Um, so they were 
they had it all set up on this uh, really steep icy ravine, trying to lower Art down gradually. And one of the climbers slipped. I think it was George Bell um, slipped and his rope, he was on a rope with Tony Strether, their rope got tangled up with my dad's rope and five men ended up bumping down this slope. And when I asked my dad about it, um, I said, Dad, what were you feeling? Were you like, were you scared? Were you, what was going on in your head during that, that ride? And he said he was bumping along and he was feeling, you might get this, he was feeling exhilarated because he knew that there was nothing he could do to stop it. You know, they were trying to put their ice axes into the slope and it wasn't working. He knew he was going to die very soon. Everything was going to go dark, he imagined. And he, he said, I just decided I was going to enjoy the ride until it ended, you know? So he was expecting to die. And I think they all were. And they all would have, if not for your grandpa Pete, who was at the top of that slope and he belayed all those men. He held that rope, which was as thick, you know, a huge climbing rope, got as thin as a pencil. It was stretched so thin with all the weight of all those men. And your grandpa Pete saved those men. And, uh, and he saved himself too, because as we talked about, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have let go of that rope. Nope. And even if it meant that he was going to die, he, he wouldn't have let go of that rope. So there's a lot of different perspectives on that story we were talking about. And everybody saw it from a different angle and saw different things. But I think that's the general yeah, theme. I, I think that's a, that's a really good really good recap without getting into too many nitty-gritty details. One, one thing that we, that we should mention, there are lots of recounts of this event online um not all of which are accurate and and i you know i personally am not going to pretend to be the end-all be-all executor of what of what facts happened on this 1953 i i'm in fact i misspoke right before right before uh you i i tossed to you and and said it was in 1954 and and that was and that was my mistake um but you know i'm, I'm not going to pretend to be the the end-all be-all of the facts of, of this but i just would ca would caution people that there are a lot of um a lot of articles and a lot of things out there that i guess at odds with each other there, there are, the story has been retold in different ways. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So the significant thing about all of that is it's a part of my history and it's a part of your history and all the children and the grandchildren of these climbers were affected by that belay because we would not have been born if Pete Shoning hadn't held that rope and those men's lives, you know. I was born three years after that expedition and I wouldn't be here if not for that belay. Um, and so at some point as through the years, I came to think of all the children and the grandchildren who came after that belay as the children of the belay, the COB, the COB. The COB. Right? And I, I always kind of, we were connected to the Shonings from a very early age. I remember going to the Shoning house, your grandparents' house when I was a little kid. And it was just the energy there. You know, the Shonings are just this dynamic, always up to something, right? I appreciate I that description. Lots of people would say loud, 
loud, I think, is a, is oh, a common. I think the Molinars and the Shonings got along great because we, we all had that same kind of spirit, you know. But I remember going out on a canoe with one of, uh, maybe it was with Kim, out on Lake Washington there. And then we came back and there was a campfire and there was, we roasted marshmallows. And I went inside, I was probably like nine or 10. We went inside this room where there was a strobe light and I'd never experienced a strobe light before. And that was so cool. You know, we were dancing in the strobe light. So the Shoning Terrell ties, the Shoning Molinar ties, excuse me, go way back, way back. And um, we've always been connected to your family. But I, I was curious about the other people, you know, George Bell's kids and, and all the other children of the ballet. And, and through the years, I always kind of thought it would be cool if we could get together and, and share our experiences being, being the children of this, this event, this mountaineering event, and how we've been raised. And did we have anything in common? And did we all love the mountains like our, like our fathers had? So, um, I think what happened, how, how this all came about, the, the Children of the Belay reunion, was I was writing a book. Um, George, uh, my dad, excuse me, my dad and your grandpa Pete were not religious men, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it could be said they were, but weirdly, they were both married to Christian Zionists. So the Shonings and the Molinars have that in common. We fairly have the small, a fairly small Venn diagram, I think, non-religious climbers that marry devout Christian scientists. I think that's there's a there's a very there's a very thin overlap in that group. It was, it's really funny. And then later we found out that um, George Bell, his mother or somebody was a Christian scientist as well. So this is a strange, weird combination of things, but I was writing a book about my experiences as being raised in Christian science. And it was called um, uh, Blessings, Adventures of the Madcap Christian Scientist. And I'd gone to this chapter where I was sharing about um, a Sunday school friend of mine, a Sunday school student had come to me with her mom and, and asked me to pray. Uh, she was pregnant. She loved her baby, but she knew that baby didn't belong to her that it belonged somewhere else. And she wanted me to help her pray to find this baby's home. And um, I had just had my own child, my own first child. And it was, it was such a beautiful thing for me. And, and so I was also thinking about your Aunt Kim and Rich, who at that time didn't have children. And I was thinking, oh, I would love for them to have children. They'd be such great parents. And, and then in the next thought, I was, I was praying that my Sunday school student's child would find its home. And it took a couple weeks, Brian, before it finally came together like, oh, yeah, duh, right? So um, I called your Aunt Kim, and they ended up adopting this child, Chris, who was the, the podcast, the loyal podcast listeners and people that have been following Rerouted for a while are familiar with Chris. He's He's Chris. been on a few times. Chris is the uh, VP of finance and strategy for us at rerouted and and we've been uh, we've been working together ever since ever since this uh, this time of apparently Chris, Chris is very dear to me and I haven't seen him for years but I was writing about this adoption story because it was so dear to me and um, to preface it I talked about this connection that I had with him through our fathers being on the k2 expedition and I made reference to the cob, 
the cub, the children of the belay. I said, I always kind of wondered, you know, what that would feel like to, to get together with them. Well, I shared the book with your grandma, and I start getting discouraged about this book. She just would call me up and she'd encourage me and she was just so she read about the cob she must have shared it with her kids because I think it was at your grandpa Pete's memorial service and your aunt Christiane who is another force she got a hold of this whole cob thing and she's like oh we need to get together now Christiane will say it was all me no 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 Christiane's the one that made the reservations in Leavenworth brought all these people together. There was George Bell's kids. There was the Shonen kids. There were the grandkids, my kids, you know, the Mars. It was just this awesome thing. You know, for the record, for the record, you do get a lot of credit in our in our family for that. I think Chris Christiane has has passed that along. This is actually the first that I'm hearing that she was kind of yeah, that doesn't seems- doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Christian, as a kid, Christian was was very, very scary at times. And as and as I've grown up and and kind of become an adult, I've just realized that she just gets things done. And she was instrumental in that whole that whole thing. And she's never taken credit for it. But it's like, no, you know, she. So I came up with the whole children of the blade, the cob. Wouldn't it be cool if we got together? She took that and ran with it. And the next thing you know, we're in Leavenworth and we're all hugging each other and meeting each other. And we're becoming the friends that our own fathers were on K2. And that, I think, is the last time I saw you, maybe. Or maybe it was that. Yeah. I think it I think it was. I, there, there could have been another time um, a little bit later. I, I don't know if you guys ever after that stopped by at Cousin Camp at the end of, at the end of July every year or. Um, we, I, I, I feel like there was one time since then that I saw you and I'm, and I'm trying to remember when it, when it would be, but certainly not for, yeah. for 10 or 12 years. Yeah. Well, maybe it was at Mel's memorial. Your grandma's, your grandma Mel was a good, a good partner to your grandpa. They were both really strong, smart, adventurous people, you know? Mm-hmm. They also allowed each other a lot of freedom, right? It's it's not it's not super easy being married to a a climber who you know in in a in a month or a couple weeks notice they might be gone for three four months and mm-hmm. doing something extremely dangerous and mm-hmm. you may never see them again, right? You know yeah. they they leave and you just don't know. You expect to see them in about you know in a couple of months and sometimes you don't and and yeah. to be willing to give your partner the freedom to yeah, yeah. to do that and it's very I, and, special and my mom also was able to do that to, with my dad and i think gave them some courage with all of that you know yeah yeah well i i really appreciate you um opening up and and chatting about uh the children of the belay here and i i think that it's a really special connection that all of these all of these families have and and it's a really unique connection as well it's it's not very often that you can have you know we'll we'll have to find that i'm sure that you have it on on hand and i know that i have it somewhere on facebook but the picture of all of us in in leavenworth and and you see you see the 
you know, I mean, what, 30, 40, 50 people? And not everybody was able to make it. That's what's amazing is there were so many people there and ev- and all of the, and everybody made such a such a great effort to to get out there and and not everybody was able to make it, but it just it it's mind-blowing to see how many people were connected by uh this one single event. Yeah. Do you want me to get the photo? Yeah, so it we can we can grab the photo and when we post it we'll we'll post the photo with it as the as the uh episode episode image. And all those people are there because of your grandpa Pete, who never you know, he was very humble, he didn't like even talking about it. Uh but he did an amazing thing. I mean, in, in mountaineering circles, that is known as the belay, right? When you talk about the belay, everybody knows it's the K2 1953 K2 expedition. Karen, thank you so much for for joining us. Where can people find your books if they if they want oh. to? Can I share a little? So here's yeah, what I was please. talking about: Blessings, Adventures of a Madcap Christian Scientist. But um, another one I thought your viewers might be interested in is one I wrote about. Um, my 101-year-old dad and the adventures we had together when he was reaching the last few years of his life. And that one's called, Are You Taking Me Home Now? Adventures with Dad. And you can find all these books on um, Amazon, of course. Okay. And you can also order them from Barnes & Noble. Okay. So, or any, actually any bookstore should be able to give them uh, to you. So there you go. Great. We will we will make sure that the link to that is in the description. Anything else before I do my little wrap up here? I just want to say, you know, I, I was looking through some old photo albums the other day and I came upon a picture of Grandpa Pete, your Grandpa Pete, um, with me and my two young sons, Andrew and Sander, on a hike to the ice capes in um, the North Cascades. And it just, that picture really touched me, you know? And I'm, I'm so glad my sons had the opportunity to meet Pete because they wouldn't be here if not for your grandpa. And uh, yeah, that I, was special. Pete was so, inter- it was so interesting hiking with him, especially, especially kind of as he got a little bit more in his advanced years, which was pretty much the entire time, you know, that I was hiking with him. And I remember one of the last trips that he went on, we were loading everything up at the, at the car and there was a bunch of group gear to put into packs. And, and my grandpa just started putting every single thing into his, <laughs> his pack. And, and, you know, my, my dad's looking at him like, Pete, we got, 14 people here that we can disperse this stuff through but you know that that was just kind of always him until (laughs) until the end that was always him he was he was gonna carry the load and and in you know an attempt to to keep everybody else's uh burden a little lighter and and i think that's really special yeah thank you so much brian i really enjoyed this Absolutely. Thank you, Karen. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you have any gear to sell or you want to buy some gear, check us out rerouted.co or the rerouted app on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Uh, please leave us a rating and review, maybe a, maybe a comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, that's been Repot It. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs>